Good morning, church. It's a blessing to be together today again in Jesus' name. And I would like to give a big shout to our mothers today. Happy Mother's Day. And with that, I would like to begin by us praying for the mothers because it's their day and they are very important to us. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you for your faithfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless your name, Lord, for the mothers that you have given us, each one of us, in the church, O oh God. Those that have biological children, those that have spiritual children, those that have fostered children, mighty God, we declare blessings upon them, mighty God. We speak grace. We speak strength upon each one of them. We speak more wisdom. We speak good health upon them. We pray, O oh God, that may you cause them to arise in the power and the spirit of the living God to continue to disciple, to counsel, and to bless the children so that they may continue to grow in the fear of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we want to say thank you, Lord, that you have ordained mothers to be the peers as well of the families. In the name of Jesus, we bless your name, O oh God, for the mothers. And so, Father, even as we, we come to your word today, we just pray that, Holy Spirit, may you help us, O oh God, to be able to understand your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And because today it is Mother's Day, I have also gladly prepared a sermon that is in line with Mother's Day. And so from the portion of Scripture today, we are going to look at one prominent mother. And the name of this mother is called Deborah, or in Hebrew, Deborah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm going to read from the book of Judges. Judges chapter 4. And I'll, I'll read a couple of verses from uh, verse 1 to 12. And then I'll jump to chapter 5. I'll read uh, some verses there as well. Then we'll begin. The Bible reads, Judges chapter 4, verse 1. After Eud's death, the Israelites... Again, did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazar, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth Hagoim. Sisera, who had 900 chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophetess who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day, she, she sent for Barak, son of Abinom, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulon at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the river of Kishon. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but if only, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. 
at Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebron and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went with him. Deborah also went with him. Now, verse 11. Now Heber, the Canaanite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak at Zenanim near Kadesh. Let me end there. And let me jump uh, in chapter 4. Let me end there. And let me cross over to chapter 5 and read verse 1 to 7. The Bible says, On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinom, sang this song. Israel's leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. Praise the Lord. Listen, you kings. Pay attention, you mighty rulers, for I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, when you set out from Seir and marched across the fields of Edom, the earth trembled and the cloudy skies poured down rain. The mountains quaked in the presence of the Lord, the God of Mount Sinai. In the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the days of Jahel, people avoided the main roads, and travelers stayed on winding uh, pathways. There were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as the mother for Israel. I'll repeat that again. There were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. Then Israel chose new gods. New gods were erupted at the city gates, yet not a shield or spear could be seen among 40,000 warriors in Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, today, because it is Mother's Day, as I've earlier said, I've entitled this passage as Deborah, a mother of influence. Deborah, a mother of influence. Now, coming back to the portion of scripture, we see that after the period of Joshua, son of Nun, who had who had ruled Israel as a leader. After he took over from Moses, the Bible tells us that at one time uh, in chapter 24, he challenged the people to say, today, I want you to choose who you will serve, either Yahweh or other gods of Canaan. And the people shouted to say, we shall choose the Lord. Because himself had declared that I and my family shall worship the Lord, shall serve the Lord. And the Bible tells us that after Joshua had reached uh, a number of good years, of 110 years, he died and rested with his fathers. The Bible says that after the death of Joshua, the people of Israel again turned away from the Lord and began to worship other idols. And because of that, God, now, prior to that, God had left some of the enemies to live among them. He kept them for the purpose of disciplining the children of Israel. So, when they abandoned the worship of Yahweh, the Bible says that God began to raise up these enemies to begin to oppress Israel as a form of judgment. And we know that as people began to cry out to the Lord, then God would raise up a judge. And the first judge that we know who was raised was by the name of Othniel. Othniel judged Israel. And he was able to defeat the enemy at that time 
and preserved peace for the nation for a period of 40 years. And after that, people reverted back to idolatry, idol worship. God was upset with them again. He decided to send another enemy, the Moabites. They began to rout them out, to attack them all the time. And when they cried again out to the Lord, God was able to raise another judge by the name of Ehud. Now, Ehud was a man who was a left-handed man. And the Bible says that he wielded the sword using his left hand. And that by the power of the Lord, he was able to gain victories. And he preserved peace for the nation for the period of 80 years. 80 years. That's a long period of time. Just as the pattern of the children of Israel, after he died, they reverted back. Same thing. They went back to worshiping idols and sinning against the Lord. The Bible says that again, God brought the enemy to discipline them. They cried again to the Lord and God raised a man called Shamgar. Shamgar also was able to judge Israel and fought for them. And there was peace again for the period of 40 years. After he died, sin again entered. Same thing. It's a cycle over and over again. Now, at this time, when they cried out to the Lord, the Bible says that God raised up a woman by the name of Deborah. This is where she comes in. Now, it is very interesting to look at Deborah. And Deborah's characteristics in this portion of scripture is outstanding. First of all, when you look at her, Deborah is somebody who is presented as the only woman judge over time, ever. She was the only woman to reach this level of authority, to, to, to govern the entire nation of Israel as a judge. And then the other thing is that she was a prophetess. So first of all, when we look at the characteristics of who Deborah was, one, Deborah was a wife, and the husband of Deborah was Lapidoth. That's what uh, the Bible tells us. And then uh, her name, Deborah, means a bee. Very interesting. And so we, we continue to see that besides being a wife, she was a prophetess. We can see that she used to see visions and she could, she could guide the nation prophetically. She went to Barak and told him a prophetic word about what God had said and everything. You know, as she counseled, we can see her prophetic insight even during the, the, the time of the battle against Sisera. The other thing is that she was a ruler, a female one for that matter. I'm emphasizing, I'm emphasizing that because during this period of time, only men were prominent to become leaders. And this is a patriarchal a family we are talking about. A patriarchal nation whereby the succession of leadership or authority was to be passed from a father to a father. And then the other thing that we see about Deborah is that she was a counselor. The Bible says that she sat under the palm tree and there Israel, the people of Israel could go to her day by day to have their matters decided or judged by Deborah. She was a counselor. She used to provide counseling to the nation and to the people. The other thing that we see about Deborah is that Deborah was a warrior as well as a military strategist. She had told Barak exactly 
the location where the battle was going to be fought from. So he wasn't going to fight Sisera in every other place. She specifically gave him instructions to say, go to River Kishon and stage up the battle there. Gather your armies and the Lord is going to draw your enemy to come to you and there he shall grant you victory. She was a warrior, a woman warrior, and a military strategist. Praise God. And above all, the Bible says that Deborah, in chapter 5 and verse 7, the Bible says that she was a mother. Now, the title of a mother, it is the only title that Deborah attributes to herself. She's not arising to say, I am a judge, I am a prophet, I'm a prophetess, I am this, I'm this. She only came to call herself the mother of Israel after the battle. And this is in a song. And then the other thing that we see is that Deborah is a poetess. There is so much poetry. You know, she wrote very powerful poetry. So she's a poetess a songwriter, and a singer at the same time. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Deborah is an outstanding woman. In that, Deborah, according to what is recorded in the Bible, only the strength has been recorded about her. We are not hearing anything negative about her. Everything is outstanding. And so, the Bible tells us that she received the word from the Lord. I'll take it that she received the word from the Lord and she arose and went to tell this man by the name of Barak. She told him to say, Barak, other Bible versions, put it in a question form to say, has not the Lord commanded you to take up an army to, uh, and go and fight your enemy. The Bible says that Barak, a man, a commander of Israel's army, he was hesitant. He didn't just say, yes, indeed, I am arising and I'm going to do it because the Lord has spoken. That wasn't the case. Barak was like, okay, I hear you, Deborah. But I will only obey the word of the Lord on one condition. If you go with me, then I will go. If you do not go with me, Deborah, be rest assured that I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, my goodness. And so, because Deborah was the prophetess, immediately after Barak uttered those words, she received another prophetic insight and prophesied immediately by telling him to say, okay, there is no problem. I will go with you in the battlefield. But be rest assured that glory or honor of this battle is not going to come to you, but it will come to a woman. Now, if you read this scripture, uh, these verses very fast, and you end there, you would assume that Deborah was talking about herself as the one who was going to receive the glory. But on the contrary, when we read chapter, chapter 4 and then verse 11, we are going to see that another woman is introduced by the name of Jahel. Now, Jahel, the Bible says that they were living in a place, you know, uh, she, she was actually coming from a, um, she was married to her, a husband 
who was Moses' uh, brother-in-law. And so she was there alone. And the Bible tells us that there was peace between uh, the Kenite and the Canaanites, which means Sisera and King Jabin. They were pe- there was peace between these. And so when Sisera had seen that, okay, I have lost my battle. Let me run. He found himself near this place and he headed straight to a tent. And this woman by the name of Jahel, she's going to come and aid him, welcome him. Turn to me, my Lord. Turn to me. Have some rest. Do not be afraid. Cesera, with his tiredness, he will run and enter the tent. And after entering the tent, he was covered with a slug. And then he said, I'm thirsty. Please give me some water. The Bible tells us that instead of giving him water, she decided to give him milk. Now, this is very interesting. Why giving him, giving him milk? And so we see that Cesera fell asleep. And then this woman does something that is a little bit scary. <laughs> she gets a peg, a tent peg, and then she goes. When he was fast asleep, she went and nailed that peg into the temple of Cesera, the general, the commander, all the way to the ground. And actually, he died. Few minutes later, Barak was coming, pursuing this man. And the Bible tells us that she invited him and said, Come and see the man you are seeking. And when Barak reached there, they saw that this man was already dead, Cesera. And in chapter 5, this is where Deborah composes this song. It is a song of Deborah. And they sang it as a duet with Barak. Praise God. Now, Deborah, a mother of influence, how can we learn? What can we learn from this woman? As I've already mentioned, the characteristics, the offices in which she was operating, the multitasking she was involved into. Deborah is standing today as a very good example of a mother, even in our present day today. I know that different cultures, just like this very culture of Israel, it honors much men. And as we see, even in the Gospels, uh, when it comes to the time when Jesus performed miracles, when they are counting, the authors were counting. The Bible says that they were only counting men. 5,000 men were fed in the miracle of bread and fish. Besides women and children. Now, what that means is that they could only count men as being important as heads. And then children were put aside and, and women. In the same way, when it comes to the temple worship, the inside, I've explained this before, the inner court belonged to the men. They worshipped from there. And then the second court, which is a little bit outside, belonged to the women and children. And the outer one was for the proselytes, which means the Gentiles, the outsiders, so we can see how bias 
this culture was. And even today, we know that many cultures, many countries, you know, they have this mentality of honoring men above women. Even in my African culture, you know, there are tribes, there are places where men are the only ones who are allowed to do certain things. And women are restricted to just do certain things. Mostly women are considered to be housewives. Okay, they, are just, they should just be housewives. They cannot say or contribute in a meeting. They, are, they, they should be there. Even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul manifests that tradition by saying a woman should listen in silence. You know, it's because it's coming from the patriarchal. He could not separate with the culture as well. I'm glad that my, my, my tribe, the Bemba tribe, it's opposite. It's matrilineal. You know, our, our kingship succession comes through a woman. And so we have high respect for women. Now, despite of all these things of the opposition, of the culture that has had surrounded Deborah, because God is not a respecter of persons or a respecter of culture, because he himself is the author of everything, is the author, is the creator of both male and female in his own image. He decided to choose a woman by the name of Deborah. He appointed Deborah as a judge. Now, why appointing a woman at this time as a judge? We've read in chapter 5 that at that time, because the oppression was too much for a period of 20 years, 40,000 men could be gathered and none of them was in possession with a sword. That's what Deborah is telling us in her song. None of them was in possession with a sword. And we know that whenever oppression becomes too much, people tend to lose faith. We can see even from the example of a man, Barak himself, after Deborah received the word and went and challenged him to say, has not the Lord commanded you to go, to arise, to go and attack your enemy? He has already granted you victory. Just go and fight. He will do it for you. He still had doubt. He said, mm -mm, I don't trust. Though he did not say that, but it is implied that he did not really believe. Or maybe he did not have much faith. He was still doubting. He was afraid. Barak is giving us an insight of how men were at that time. Not just Barak. When we cross over to the next chapter, we are going to find another man who is also showing us the same character of having a wavering faith by the name of Gideon. The Bible says that Gideon, in fact, for him, not even a prophet went and told him, the angel of the Lord himself appeared to him and spoke to him face to face and told him to say, Oh, thou might man of Vara, the Lord is with you. Arise, go and destroy the altar of your father and sacrifice to the Lord. Then go and build an army. The Bible says that the man was still in doubt. You know, he had to take, he had to ask the Lord for the signs. And God kept on giving him grace. He gave him. He allowed him to do the signs. Okay, I'm going to put, you know, this freeze and I'm going to put this cotton. And uh, if, 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 if the, the freeze, you know, drops on the ground and it remains dry, then I will know that it is you who has spoken. God did exactly the same. Ah, no, Lord, please do not, be do not be angry with me. One more time. This time I want the reverse. 
This time I want the water not to fall. Let the ground be dry. God did the same thing. The man wasn't convinced or the same. Even when he was about to attack his enemies, he went to survey. He was still afraid. He couldn't have the courage to attack. Until God had to tell him to say, go near the camp of your enemy. When he went there, he heard one of the enemies waking up from a dream and he started telling a dream to say, I have dreamt that, you know, a bread came and struck this camp and scattered it. And then the other one interpreted to say, there is nothing other than Gideon who is going to attack us and scatter us. When he heard that confirmation from the enemies themselves, that's when he gained the courage. Deborah came out as a woman of faith. She posed the challenge to the men. And we can see that just like her name, which means a bee, she was a very productive woman. We can see, you know, just look at the bees, the example of the bees. They are very productive. Amen. They make honey. They go to fetch water. They go to fetch flowers and, and so on and so forth and do the production of honey. Deborah as well was doing a great job. She was a prophetess. And mind you, no prophetess is prayerless. She must have been a very powerful prayer warrior. And for her to emerge in this culture, that had the ego only to say only men should be in leadership. But God chose her anyway. And I believe it took some time for men to begin to believe, to say, truly the Lord had called her, for them to even be going to see her for counsel. The Lord was with her. She poses a challenge even to us today. I'm here to encourage our women, the mothers, that just like Deborah, God has given you, our mothers, in the church and out there, the abilities, many abilities that you, that you can use to influence the nation, to influence the communities. God has given you wisdom. You may not be a prophetess, but as you, you are a wife, you are a mother, you know, you are there as a counselor, you are there as a prayer warrior. You can do great things as well. And maybe some of you are wondering to say, okay, yes, Deborah fought a physical fight. What about me? Am I going to go into the military for me to do the same? No. There is a spiritual warfare that is going on right now. Children are being oppressed by Satan and his demonic forces. Powers of darkness are raging everywhere. But if we have women of God in the house who are like Deborah, they shall arise and begin to speak prophetic words in the spiritual realm. And things shall begin to change. Hallelujah. If we have women like Deborah, they are going to arise and begin to challenge men to step up, to encourage them to step up and do what they are supposed to do. Deborah decided to challenge Barak. Barak was told to say, arise, Barak. Go and fight. He was hesitant. He said, unless if you accompany me because you are the one who has received this revelation, unless you accompany me, then I will go. Conditional acceptance. Conditional obedience. She said, don't worry. I am not just a reader who is going to instruct you from afar and not go down with you. Let's go. Let's arise and go together. And we see that Deborah was able to go down. Oh, glory be to the name of the Lord. And the Bible says that when they went there, 
Barak was able to organize his army. And while they were on the mountain near Kishon River, the Bible says that Deborah spoke another prophetic word to say the Lord has already given you victory. Do not be afraid. The Lord has given you victory. And now we are going to hear the, uh, verse 14. Let me just read verse, verse 14 uh, of chapter 4. The Bible says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready. This is what the Lord... This, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera. For the Lord is marching ahead of you. You hear that? Get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera. For the Lord is marching ahead of you. Now, when we take time to read the song of Deborah, we are going to hear how God had marched ahead of Barak. The Bible says that God was able to pour down the rains, which caused the revocation to flood. And because this man was a formidable commander and he was a formidable enemy, he had 900 chariots with, uh, without, uh, besides the foot soldiers. 900 chariots. In our contemporary, we can consider them to be the tankers. 900 of them charging against the oppressed, discouraged children of Israel. The Bible says that God had given a specific place, just as I earlier mentioned, through the prophetic insight of Deborah. Go and mount your battleground or near revocation. And the Bible says that God had to pour down the rains and cause the river to flood. And after the river had flooded, it caused the mud. It jammed the chariots of iron. And some of the water was able to sweep away the soldiers. And so Barak and his army were just going to finish up the enemies, one after the other. Hallelujah. Look at Deborah. She challenged this man to do the will of God. Do we have women today? Do we have mothers today who are standing up for their families? Do we have mothers that are saying, yes, the enemy has been messing around with my family. I am going to arise like Deborah and I'll challenge my husband. Yes, I'll challenge my husband. I'll encourage him. I'll push him even if he has been doubting. I'll push him to do the will of God. Now, we can learn from Deborah even the way she approached this man. She said, has not the Lord commanded you to go and carry out this assignment? Which means that somehow it is implied that Barak had already received the word of God to go, but he was hesitating. There are so many people out there who has received the call of God to do something for God, and yet they've been hesitant. May the mothers of VCF arise and begin to encourage such men in the name of Jesus. May the mothers of this church arise and begin to challenge such men, respectively, of course. Hallelujah. And we are also seeing that Deborah was dependent on Barak besides God, okay? First, she was dependent on God, but she could not march alone in the field, in the battlefield. She had to assign somebody. God had to assign somebody, Barak. Even our mothers in the church today, there are things that you cannot do on your own. 
Yet with the help of our men, least men begin to feel that, ah, he's preaching against us today. No, I am not. Actually, I am encouraging partnership. Hallelujah. You can also call upon the men to go and do something that you feel like you cannot do. Deborah acknowledged to say, I cannot command an army to go in the field. Therefore, I am going to ask this man to do what he's supposed to do. And then the story is also revealing to us that Barak also could not go without a Deborah. He said, uh-uh, I'm not going to go alone. I will only go if you will follow me and accompany me. And so we see that the two were able to attain the victory. In fact, the three, including another woman by the name of Jahel. Now, I want to say something about Jahel. So, as we have seen, maybe some of you already are feeling to say, okay, when I look at the characteristics of Deborah, maybe I am far away. I am not a prophetess. I am not maybe married. I'm not a wife. Uh, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a warrior, I'm not, you know, a mother of influence or anything. Now, look at Jahel. She was a woman of craft, a tent pitcher. It is, it, it, it is believed that in those days, women were in charge of mounting and dismounting tents. And so she was an expert in that area. She was only a wife and a craft woman. Look at what she did. She was very skillful. She was able to do something greater. She knocked down the general. Now, there are debates to say, how could she do such a thing? She acted deceptively. You know, she had, she had offered hospitality to this man, but why is it that she decided to kill him? Well, remember, God had already ordained this. It was in God's plan. Deborah had prophesied already to say, the honor and the glory of this battle shall be given to a woman. And this woman is Jahel, not Deborah herself. So, when this man, look at how clever Jahel was as well. When this man reached there, she saw that this man used to ride in iron chariots. But here he comes barefooted, breathing as if he wants to die. She knew to say, the Lord is on the side of Israel. Though there had a peace agreement between her, her family, and King Jabin, or Cesera himself, she knew to say, the Lord has taken charge now. In fact, remember, she's coming from the, the, the relationship was with Moses. So she knew to say, this is the right side to follow. And so she invites him. And now, when you look at the whole story again, I'll show you something um, in the Bible which makes me think that she did the right thing because she might have even endangered herself to this man. Look at chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 29. Chapter 5, let me start reading from uh, verse 28. Okay. The Bible says, From the window, Cesera's mother looked out through the window. She watched for his return, saying, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why don't we hear the sound of chariot's wheels? Her wise women answer, and she repeats these words to herself. They must be dividing the captured plunder with a woman or two for every man. You see what the mother is contemplating? You know, in this song, this is a prophetic song Deborah is singing. That this man as the mother is contemplating to say, Cesera, my son has delayed in coming, not knowing that he's dead. Maybe he's 
divide, he's enjoying the plunder, you know. Dividing a woman as plunder, or two for every man. There will be cut off robes for Cesera, and cut off em, embroidered robes for me. Yes, the plunder will include cut off robes embroidered on both sides. And then she declares, Lord, may all your enemies die like Cesera, but may those who love you like the sun in all its power. Rise like the sun in all its power. Then there was peace in the land for 40 years. Now, why did I read that? I wanted to show you something, that there is also a possibility that this man, by the virtue of his rank, one, according to the culture, it was inappropriate for a man to enter a woman's tent in that manner and even sleep, especially when the husband was not around because we are only hearing that the woman was just alone. And knowing that this man was an oppressor, even if he was, uh, they, they had an agreement and at peace with this family, Jahel could have been contemplating to say, this man is going to attack me. Or come to me. Or try to, 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 to rape me or do anything bad. Because my husband is not around. There is a possibility. Just as I've shown you how the mother was contemplating to say maybe my son has delayed because he's having some plunder of a woman or two for each soldier. So she decided to act and had this man killed just as the Lord had said it earlier. Praise God. And then just as God had spoken, this woman was able to receive the glory. Verse 24 of chapter 5 says that most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite. May she be blessed above all women who live in the tents. Cesera asked for water and she gave him milk. Now, you might be asking to say, why giving him milk? I asked that question earlier. It is believed scientifically that when somebody, that in those days especially because there was no refrigeration much and all these things, so the, the milk was like turning into yogurt, okay? And then that was, that was used as a sleeping aid. When somebody drinks milk because of the fats, the milk would give somebody you know, just, just maybe um, cause them to sleep deep. And so she had a plan. She was just wooing this man to say, I know that you are a commander. If I stand with my peg and try to fight you, I'm not going to kill you, but I'll put you to sleep. So instead of giving him water that was going to quench his thirst as well as energizing him, she decided to put him to sleep all the more. That was wisdom. She was a scientist. <laughs> she understood these things. She said, okay, let him be put to sleep. And then she acted while he was fast asleep. And then Deborah acknowledges her and pronounced her most blessed among women is Jahel, the wife of Heba the Kenite. May she be blessed among all the women who live in tents. Now, in the Bible, she's the only one who is pronounced as most blessed apart from Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jahel. Hallelujah. So, what I'm saying is that if you think that you are not having all these abilities like Deborah, which maybe might be sounding to be higher. Look at Jahel. She was just a wife. And also 
a craftswoman, a tent pitcher, but she was able to do something and the glory was attributed to her. I would like to encourage the mothers in the church to arise just like Deborah arose and begin to influence people in your communities, people in the church, people in the nation. God has given each one of us so much abilities. And in fact, let me say this, in my experience as a, as a minister, even when I first planted the church, the people that I saw coming first into the church, into the ministry, were women. And it took a year, two or three or so, or five, for their husbands to join. And as we are speaking today, those families are prominent leaders that the church is depending upon. All that is because of the power of a woman. When a mother arises, there is change that takes place. In church history, we see an example of one woman who arose as a mother and did great exploits. The name of this woman is Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. She taught her children by herself. She taught them Bible study. She taught them Sunday school. And when they grew up, they became theologians. And today, if you're a Christian, at least you, you are going to hear these names of the two brothers, John and Charles Wesley. The mother by the name of Susanna arose and imparted the knowledge that she had. In fact, she was so brilliant that when you read, actually John Wesley was even consulting from, from, from the mother. The, his theology of predestination, you know, he could write questions to the mother to say, okay, mother, this is my view, and people are opposing me. This is, the mother would reply back and write to him to say, this is the way you should go. She would direct him. She was the professor at the same time, even as she was the mother. I'm here to encourage our mothers today that in the same way, as you arise and begin to take time to teach our children to know God, to know the word of God, to teach our children how to pray, to counsel the young ladies, to counsel the young boys, the people out there, impact is going to be manifested. You are going to bring a divine change and the lives will never be the same. Hallelujah. You have great power and potential as mothers. Never underestimate the power that you carry as mothers. Now, some of you might be saying, I am a mother because I have children. Some of you might be saying, okay, this does not concern me because I have no children. I am not married. The Bible tells us that Deborah was a wife of Lapidoth, but it does not tell us as to whether Deborah had any children. It is possible that she was just a wife and never had any children biologically, but she had the spiritual children of the entire nation Israel. That's why she attributed this title to herself in chapter 5 verse 7 that I, Deborah, I arose as a mother. Hallelujah. May you also arise as a mother. There are spiritual children out there that you need to show love, that you need to coach, that you need to teach. There are also those mothers that God has given the grace to just mentor, to just foster, maybe to just adopt, 
or anything, or maybe to just have that love, you know, you are just good at teaching, at, provide, at providing counseling. You don't need to be a biological parent for you to be called a mother. I want you to understand that. So you can function in any capacity as a mother. And God is going to help you. There are so many things that you can do in the church, in the house. You see, us men, yes, God has given us abilities and we have strength, but we need the encouragement of our mothers, of our wives, just like Deborah. We see that the other challenge, let me mention this, the other challenge that is there for men, my fellow men, I would like us to remember that we should support our women. We should support our wives. Sometimes it is us men who contributes in not allowing our wives to come out and begin to function and operate according to the way God wants them to work. Because every time they try to arise, we'll step on them and say, whoa, 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 whoa. take it easy, take it easy. I am the leader here. I'm in charge. They try to do something. You are like, no, 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 no. You are going to perform more better. And then I'll look bad as if, you know, I am not a good leader. So please, you sit down. We might not say those words loudly, but in our, at the back of our minds, that would be our thoughts. And then we'll just begin to discourage them. May we allow them. May we empower our women. In fact, when they are out there doing whatever they are going to, to do, when they succeed, actually your names, my name, is going to come out. Now look at this. Deborah was so respective to the husband because of his support, I believe, in that the Bible tells us that Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, why mentioning, why not just saying Deborah, and then the story continues. Though nothing is mentioned much about the husband, but he had to be mentioned by name to show that she was married. And this man must have been an encourager to the wife. May we start encouraging our wives. May we start encouraging the mothers in the church to step up and do great exploits. Because this is the will of God. Remember, God created man and woman, male and female. He created them in his own image. Imago Dei. Genesis chapter 2. That's what the Bible says. And when it comes to marriage, the Bible says that God said, I will give him a helper. And the Hebrew word that is used there is Ezar. Ezar, which means someone who works alongside a helpmate, a suitable helpmate. Not somebody who ranks under. That's what we love actually doing. To say, okay, this one ranks under me. Deborah was able to acknowledge her roles as a wife, as a mother, as all these things that I've mentioned. And yet, the husband was mentioned. And I believe she was in support. We also see how she operated well with Barak. They were able to attain this victory because of teamwork. May mothers arise and begin to do teamwork. And I challenge the fathers and husbands, brothers, to be able to support our women to do the work of God. Let's not 
be throwing things on them to say, ah, no, this is you, this is you. You, you are the one who is responsible to do this. You know, <laughs> as men, we like doing that sometimes, you know. I've done some stuff several times. You know, whereby when I'm tired, I'll just say, hey, Mary, especially this time when we had this COVID thing, and then it was time to be teaching kids all the time. When they bring their, their, their assignments, their homework, I would throw them, you know. I'm suffering with my MDiv here. I would quickly refer my children to the mother to say, Mama, go, go to Mama. You know, Mama is the one who knows how to help you very nicely, you know. <laughs> I would put it in such a way that, you know, they, they don't see that I've refused. It should be teamwork. We have to do it together. Hallelujah. It must be teamwork. And let's encourage them. Let's encourage the mothers. They are very important. When they, when they become successful, our names, when Mary, my wife, is successful, my name is going to be heard that the husband, Stephen, has supported the wife. Amen? Just as we say that behind every successful man, there is a woman. And I want to reverse it also that behind every successful woman, there is a man. If she's not married, maybe it is the father or the brother or anybody. Amen. So let's do teamwork. Mothers, may you arise and look at Deborah. She was God-fearing in such a way that even after the battle was won, she attributed the glory to God. She praised God. She called out to the kings and princesses and showed them that God is the one who was in charge. In fact, as she was singing, she even mentioned to say, the stars fought against Sisera. God put down the rain. So she was able to acknowledge how God used nature to fight with them. May we acknowledge God in our lives. In Jesus' name. And may we arise as women. May our women arise. May our mothers arise and begin to pray. Begin to war in the spirit. War against demons that are terrorizing your children. War against spirits of darkness that are terrorizing your marriages or families. As you do that in the prayer closet, as you do that, as you are in your devotion, um, uh, 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 as you study, as you are praying, as you are interceding, God is going to grant you victory. Hallelujah. I'll go ahead and just pray for us right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord, for your word right now. I pray, oh God, for all the mothers in the church, may they arise, give them the anointing, the, the Deborah anointing, Lord. Let them arise and begin to do great exploits like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that, oh God, may you cause them to arise and begin to take up positions that, Lord, they, 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 they were fearing to be inferior, Almighty Father, to do. Because you have empowered both men and women in the same capacity, Lord. When you anoint a woman, you anoint a woman with the same spirit, with the same spiritual gifts, oh God. You do not discriminate to say, because this is a woman. I'm going to put the lesser anointing. But you anoint equally, oh God, just like you did upon Deborah the prophetess. Blessed be your name, Lord. I pray that, oh Lord, anoint the mothers so that they may arise and begin to teach the children. Just like Susanna Wesley did to her children. And indeed, two sons emerged who came and turned the world around for, for the glory of the kingdom of God. Blessed be your name, Lord. I pray right now for the grace that, Lord, encourage every discouraged woman right now in the church, that, Lord, they may be able to arise 
in every capacity, at every level where they are at right now, empower them at that very level to begin to influence others in Jesus' mighty name. We bless your name, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In your name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord favor you as you continue to become mothers of influence in your families, in your communities, in the church, in the nation, and internationally to the glory of the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Shalom.